All right, well, we're going to get into the Word tonight. I'm going to teach a little bit about the vision of this church. And even though you uh, listening online might not be a member of this church or a part of this church, I believe that these principles can apply to any local church. In fact, um, we've adopted some of this from um, the vision of my mom in the faith, Pat Harrison, and her husband, her late husband, they had a church for years, and really this was the vision that they wrote, and I've used it for the visions in my churches for years and years. And David and I have talked about it since we've been married, and it really fits what we're doing here already. It's not anything really new, but it's good to go over things and uh, remember what we're doing and why we're doing it. And then how it can increase in the future as we continue to work God's plan for our lives as it relates to the local church. Amen. So we'll start here tonight with a word of prayer and we'll get right into this. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to share the vision and also to us the scriptures that back up what you have called the local churches to do. In the earth today, we thank you, Lord, for Grace Harvest. We pray for for every part of this church. We thank you for what it's done in the past, what it's doing right now and what it will do in the future. We thank you for our church and we ask you now to bless it mightily in every way. Help us tonight have ears to hear what the spirit of God saying in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start in First Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three and look at verse 15. First Timothy 315 and we'll have um, <clears throat> scriptures tonight, but they're familiar to you and I know that you'll be blessed by these. First Timothy chapter three verse 15 <clears throat> says, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church. Of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And verse 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So here, um, Paul is exhorting Timothy, a young pastor, um, and he has all throughout this chapter and really the whole uh, book of First Timothy um, about the local church. And he said that the local church or the church of the, of the living God, the house of God, is the pillar and ground of truth. Um, the Amplified says the prop and support of the truth. It's the prop and the support of the truth. You know, some people say there's no absolute truth. There is an absolute truth. (laughs) Amen. And this is it. Praise God. God's truth is the absolute truth. And so you can see why the devil would come after the local church, because he certainly doesn't want the truth to be ministered or to be uh, obtained or the revelation of the truth to come to people. Why? Well, the truth sets people free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So he, you know, certainly doesn't want you free. He wants you, uh, uh, wrapped up in anxiety and depression and all kinds of, you know, horribleness and, uh, torture and torment. But the, praise God, God wants you free. 
And he wants you to know the truth. So that the church of the living God, this church and every other church, praise God, across the world. And you think about how many there are. It just makes me smile. Um, they are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And we are the pillar and ground of the truth. So it's very important to understand the the significance of a church and how it, it, it how it works and the the uh, intricacies of it and what the plan of God is for it and not try to mix human plans in with it. <laughs> you know, sometimes we start getting off track if we don't stay with what God's plan is for the church. And we start making it into things that it's really not supposed to be. And I think that that's when we dilute the power of God and the word of God becomes of none effect. But I'm telling you, when you keep your church on the pillar of ground and of truth, which really is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he is magnified and he is glorified and he is lifted up. And we are realizing more and more who we are in Christ. Then uh, the power of God is so available. I mean, it's just made available and it is dynamic and it's working. It is the power of deliverance and healing and salvation and every answer to every problem. Amen. I mean, God can do something in 10 minutes that would take 30 years in therapy. Now, you know, that's amazing, isn't it? And I, I believe in therapy. I'm a therapist. But I'm telling you, the working of the Holy Ghost and the power of God, you get that going, it can deliver you that fast. And that's one reason we like to hear from Richard Drexler, because he was a drug addict before he went to Ramah. And the Spirit of God delivered him instantly. Raised him from the dead and delivered him from drug addiction that fast. Amen. I'm telling you, that's some power. But it is, the Bible says, it is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So that's some power, isn't it? But anyway, let me get to this because we want to share, uh, you know, just some highlights. Now, this is not the whole vision of the whole church and all the details and all. This is the cliff notes tonight. It's Wednesday night. We don't stay a whole long time. But so we're just going to hit the highlights. And then, you know, these things will be filled in, of course, throughout the year, really. Um, but the responsibility of the church is to preach the word. Sounds real simple, but it's very powerful. Amen. You don't go anywhere else and get the word preached to you. And so the church is, and I'm talking about not just this building, and but the you know church universal, is to preach the word and to pray. Amen. And then in the book of Acts, we do see where they were given uh, also to fellowship and breaking of bread, which I think, you know, that could be meals together, everything, but that also, of course, is communion. So we see that those elements really make up the local church. And I think, we again, we can get offset by so many projects and so many charity things and events and all these causes and all these wonderful. I'm not against any of that. Go do it. Praise God. Amen. Do every charity you want to do. But the church is not charity. And it's not really, I mean, you know, there is a point where we give to the poor. Yes, I understand those things. But 
we are an entity that is to really centralize ourselves around the word of God and prayer. Amen. And uh, these, you know, I think that, that there's been a departure somewhat from some of these things that are very, very important. And again, you know, you won't get these in other places. You know, used to be way back. The textbook in school was a Bible. That's where it all started. A Bible. Now you can't find a Bible too many times in schools. You know, um, we were read to every morning in my elementary school, public school. We were read, read the Bible. But, you know, that doesn't happen anymore too much, unfortunately. So there's been a departure uh, from, you know, the word of God in other places. Well, there shouldn't be a departure in the church. We should read the word. We should preach the word. Amen. And uh, pray the word. Praise God. So um, the vision for the local church uh, that I'm sharing tonight really, again, can be applied to just about any church. This is not so unique to us. I believe it's scripturally based and really across the board could apply anywhere. First of all, we're a family church. Amen. We're a family church. And uh, that doesn't mean you have to have family to come here. (laughs) That means we are your family. We are your family. And for years we've known that, you know, we call each other brother and sister because we are a family. God loves the family. He ordained the family. And he is really a family God. And Ephesians says that and in Paul's prayer. He said uh, the whole family in heaven and in earth. So he talks about. His family and how he loves his family. He calls us sons. He calls us daughters. He calls himself father. (laughs) I'm your father, Abba father. And um, so we know that even if you're single, this is a family church for you. You can have a big family. And we want you to be part of our family, our local family, and then the, the family of God at large. Families care for each other. They encourage each other. They love one another and um, they share with one another. So that's what uh, the family church is about. And, you know, again, you can see the enemy trying to break up the family unit. He Satan hates families. Um, he has, you know, come against them for years. And you can see the attacks on the family and the breakdown of the family. But God builds up the family. Amen. And Ephesians chapter five certainly talks about the husband and wife. And he began everything with a family, Adam and Eve. And we see a marriage between a man and a woman. And all of the things of God are in this book. And you could just follow his instructions and do really well. Just cooperate with him. That's all we have to do is just cooperate with the Holy Ghost. So God builds families. And we want to build families as well. So we want to provide that family atmosphere as long as we can in our local church. Amen. Secondly, we're a teaching center. And the word of God uh, encourages us to teach uh, doctrine, to be um, those who feed the flock of God. Pastors are uh, commanded really to feed the flock. 
And we are commanded to give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. So that's our responsibility. And then, of course, we see the flock is to uh, absorb the word, to get the word. Amen. And we'll we'll turn to Ephesians 4. And it talks about really all the offices, but it, it does list the pastor there and why God gave us the fivefold ministry gifts. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fit or excuse me, fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets and some pastors. Uh, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So verse 12 says in the Amplified, his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. So we are, as instructors and teachers and in all these gifts, and thank God, you know, that's another reason it's so important to have these meetings that we have to present to the church other gifts. And I'm I'm telling you, we've got some prophets coming in April and y'all need to uh, experience their callings and giftings and know that they are. Um, they All of these gifts edify or build up or bring to maturity the saints. Well, who are the saints? The Christians are the saints. <laughs> Amen. That's us. The Christians are the saints. And it does equip the saints for works of service. So uh, we're, you know, if you want to put it in terms of a football team, we're the coaches and the football team are is, are the church members. And each one has a different position. And there's not a different, there's not a more significant position than another position. They're all very, now you might hear, you know, you hear about the quarterback more than anybody else, but it doesn't make them the most important I'm telling you that line that he is uh, trusting in that they're blocking all those tackle, huge tackle people from getting him are very important to him. Amen. And he couldn't do it without that line of defenders. So, you know, the church is a lot like that. I mean, we think, well, you know, they're not so important. They don't really do so much. But you, you don't know what that person does. You you don't know understand that person might be on their na- on their knees seven days a week praying every day for this local church, and the power that's made available through those prayers can make all the difference in the world. Amen. And um, you know so anyway, everyone has a part. Everyone is significant, and we are to equip the saints. Well, you know, we're not to put on a show. We're not to put on entertainment up here. We're not so cool and groovy and, you know, and whatever the latest hairstyle and dress style and all that. I mean, I think you should look nice if you're standing before people. But, my God, I am not an entertainer from 
Las Vegas or in Los Angeles or wherever. Amen. We are preachers of the gospel. And if we have, you know, two people here, we're going to preach. If we have 20,000, we're going to preach the same gospel. Amen. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. And I thank God um, for it. I was listening to Brother Hagen yesterday, actually, on the way down here. And he was saying that he had a opportunity at one point to go to a small church or a large church. It was in the same town. They had both invited him, and it was the same dates. And he said, I'm going to go to the large one <laughs> because, first of all, I'll talk, to, I'll talk to more people. And secondly, I'm sure the offering will be better. <laughs> he was just being a, a person, you know. And he said every time he sat down to write the confirmation letter to the big church, the Lord on the inside said, mm, no. <laughs> so finally he said, what do you want me to do, Lord? And the Lord said, I want you to go to the little church. <laughs> and so he did. He decided uh, he's going to obey the Lord. Well, he said half the church was filled with the Holy Ghost and half wasn't. When he came, he got the other half filled with the Holy Ghost. Fourteen of them were teachers in the public school. Two two principals. And he said that the Lord told him he needed him to do that for that city. Now, see, you never know who you're affecting and the effect that they will bring in their communities. Amen. And he said, plus, they gave me a huge offering, which that larger church wouldn't even probably have given him that much. So the Lord makes it all happen if we just obey him. Well, what's your point, Scarlett? My point is we can think we're very insignificant just wherever stage we're in, whether we're small or, you know, whether we're very large. But I'm telling you, God has a plan no matter what size you are. He really does. And I've seen him work, and I think Gideon kind of proved that when he God whittled his army down, you know, to just a small group. When he had a large group, he whittled them down and said, no, this is what you can do with this many people. Amen? And um, I've seen him do it time and time. He's certainly done it in our church in Panama City. I was amazed at things we pulled off. And some of the people, when we had some of our conventions, they said, now how many prayer groups do y'all have? You know, I think they thought we had like 30 different intercessory prayer groups. and We about had 30 people in our church. But because of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Courage, that and this the word of God coming out of the people who were participating in our church, we were amazed what God could do through us. Amen. He can use many or he can use few. So we want to grow. We want to be, you know, what everybody wants, you know, as far as to reach as many people as possible. But we don't need to miss right now what God's doing. Amen. Right now he's doing mighty, mighty things. So through the apostles coming in here, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers, they are perfecting us. In other words, they are equipping us. And we get equipment every time a meeting goes on. Every time we meet together, we're being equipped. And the devil can't stand it. He tries to blow up things, especially right before meetings. We were talking today. David and I were talking because he's had meetings all his life, and I've been in meetings and had meetings most of my life. And 
it just seems like when there's a meeting going on, all hell tries to break loose. And something going, somebody gets sick, somebody gets in a car wreck, somebody gets, Rhonda was coming to our Gulf Coast convention and her car was shot at. They shot her tire out, a bullet while she's going down the road in Alabama. And so, you know, all kinds of crazy things. Jerry Savelle tried to land at our airport and there was a plane flipped over on the tarmac right before he landed. So he had to fly to another city. You know, things that are weird things that go on. And, you know, then he had to drive back to our city. And praise God, we had a tremendous meeting. But it's just, you know, sometimes you got to press through the mess, right? And uh, I think it's because we don't know what all can happen in the power of that unity and the Spirit of God when we all come together in meetings. Amen. It is really something what all happens. When I was in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago preaching, a lady came up to me and she said, I from I'm from Fairhope, Alabama. I came to your meeting eight years ago in Gulf Coast Convention and I will never forget it. I still talk about it to this day. And she rehearsed what all she had been blessed with in that meeting and how it helped her. And I thought, Eight years ago, I can hardly remember that meeting. But see, you know, you just don't know what what all can take place. Amen. So, uh, you know, particular prayer for especially the April meeting. And also, uh, you know, know that we have to bind the devil, keep him out of meetings. So it, it says here, edifying the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That means mature. In other words, grow, grown up unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, if Jerry will put that up in the Amplified, I think this is really interesting. It says that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at really mature manhood. Now, listen to what that manhood is. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. That we are complete in him. That's what we're being equipped with and reminded of every time we come to church. Amen. That we be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and completely compacted that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So this is how uh, important it is that we have a church and that we have these fivefold ministry exposures. Amen. It's not just to say, oh, guess who we've had in our church? You know, it's not about that. I mean, that's wonderful, but it's more about what God's plan is to build the local church. Now, um, we also, the third thing I want to get to here quickly is the third area of the vision is the world outreach. And of course, Mark chapter 16, you're familiar with this. And as we turn there, I'll again repeat 
a family church, a teaching center, and a world outreach. Amen. World outreach. Now, Mark chapter 16, you know the last uh, part of this verse in 15. And he said, Jesus said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, some of us might not want to go to all the world. Some you have your own world here in Holiday or in Tampa or wherever you live here. But you're open then to preach and reach people that we might not can reach and preach and pray for and that doesn't mean that we you know just uh bug people and you know hound them i'm not saying that i'm just saying that there's a desperate world and there's hopeless people and we can be a light to them we can be a caring loving hand to reach out to them and to encourage them and to pray with them and you know if god opens the door to say jesus christ is the answer to your problems and the Holy Spirit will fill you and give you wisdom, amen, and make you whole. Praise God. So we are to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. And then it goes on to say, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. And this is what you're equipped for. you To cast out devils, to speak with new tongues. That will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All of these things you should feel equipped. And if you're not yet, don't get condemned. Just keep on coming, and we'll keep on equipping you to be able to cast the devil out if you need to, or uh, speak in tongues, pray for somebody, or get them filled with the Holy Ghost so that they speak in tongues. Lay hands on the sick, and then take authority. Over the devil, praise God. So uh, these, this is the called the Great Commission, and I, you know, thank God for our pastor, who's also an evangelist, and has been called all over the world. And um, you know, it's just amazing what he's done. He and his first wife Cherie just preached everywhere, amen. And he continues to since the time we've been married almost four years four years in january and even with two almost two of those years being covid years where you couldn't travel um and i'm saying this because what we do is a part of what you're doing it's it's all an extension of our local church and um we've been in four four years again really just two years of travel We've been to France, Ecuador, Chile, Peru, Argentina, South America, Brazil twice. And in the United States, we've been to California six times to preach. Illinois, Georgia, Florida, Massachusetts, Oklahoma, New Hampshire, Louisiana, Texas, and Alabama. We've had four Gulf Coast conventions and a lot of other guest speakers, including Larry Hutton and Neil Osborne and David Ellis and Joe Morris. And um, we just praise God that he's been so faithful to move in such a mighty way that we could actually reach the world. Amen. And, of course, those of you who've helped with our live streaming that's available for anybody all over the world. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful that all of our services could uh, possibly be listened to throughout the world? And uh Shannon, with her help, I've been able to do uh, 40 podcasts with Women of Substance. 
And uh, we've done 41. It hasn't been aired yet. Vicki Burke will be this next one. And Kathy Duplantis will be 42 in the end of December. So that's quite a feat. <laughs> we've been through some things talking about being attacked by the enemy. Um, you know, I started a, a interview and a storm blew up. And it just was blowing out the sound. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Just like there, there, all of a sudden, crazy things have happened during the interviews. But praise God, we got them done. And I believe it's encouraged a lot of women and helped a lot of people. I also do counseling and Path of Grace, which is a nonprofit recovering uh, center for addicts and alcoholics. And um, I believe it's an outreach of this church. You know, even though it's a lot of travel and a lot of time is part of what you do through our ministry. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. And I hope someday uh, we can get some of them down here to testify and to share the just beautiful life that God gives them uh, through Path of Grace and his his mighty grace, actually. And then also our magazine is just quarterly, which has articles and testimonies. And we do that and uh, reach out to people through that as well. And we have many other things on our heart and mind to do. This is just the beginning, just the start. But I'm so glad that he's allowing us through this local church and David Horton Ministries to reach the world. Amen. What a privilege that is. And what an honor. And I just thank God for that. So um, that's basically um, what I wanted to share tonight. I know that there's a lot more in there and, you know, we could go a lot longer, but we won't. And um, that would probably just kind of give you an overview of how to pray for the church and where we're headed in all those areas to uh, make a difference in our community, in our city, and um, throughout Florida. And praise God, he's he's doing mighty things. Amen. Pastor, do you have anything to add to that? Okay. Hmm. Amen. Oftentimes we get asked, you know, what's the... What's the vision of the church and what's the mission? And, and, uh, we need, we do need to do, uh, a greater job, you know, of communicating that. Amen. And, and getting out maybe some, some fly brochures or something that will say that when new folks come in, you know, and what we believe, you know, a statement of faith and that kind of thing. But I, I think that, that Scarlett has done an amazing job tonight just explaining very simply Boy, sometimes you can listen to people's vision and it gets so involved and so bogged down that you think that they're reading U.S. legal code or something, you know, it just, and they understand it all, but it's like, okay. Anyway, praise the Lord. It's, I think that this was just uh, needed and wonderful tonight and, and a lot of people watching online might be wondering the same thing. So praise God. Nothing like the truth to set you free. <laughs> Amen. And I was going to say too that, uh, uh, we, we both have several books on our heart that we're, we're going to continue to get out as well and, and, um, do some more marketing on the products that we have. I think that'll get the word out too. Uh, the word meaning the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Not, we're not trying to promote ourselves. We're trying to promote the gospel and, and, uh, and Jesus and, 